0: Amen. All right. So, I've got to ask this question. Who? Somebody tell me what Sunday is. Okay, I was going to say, I know some of you know this. How many of you, okay, I'm going to ask show of hands. How many of you are excited about Valentine's Day? Some of you. How many of you don't care in a thing about it whatsoever? Okay, I'm, I'm always interested to know because I, I want to know, when we talk about Valentine's Day and we talk about love, some people are really looking forward to celebrating Valentine's Day and this whole idea of, of loving somebody. And, and some of us, let's be honest, in this room, you're looking forward to binging Netflix and drowning yourself in ice cream on Sunday. Okay? Just because that's, that's where you are right now and how you choose to celebrate Valentine's Day. But whether you're looking forward to it or whether you're dreading it, Valentine's Day is supposed to be all about love. It's supposed to be all about relationships, and, and that's what we're going to talk about tonight because the fact of the matter is, even if we say, you know what, I'm fine without Valentine's Day, I don't need anybody, the, when it comes down to the real person that we are, every single one of us, God created us with a desire to love and be loved. He created us with a with need, with this built-in desire to be in a relationship with someone of the opposite sex because that's the way God designed it. He designed marriage and the family as the building block of society. So when we talk about love and dating, most of you guys in here, you're not thinking about marriage right now. That's like not even in the real realm of thought. That's years away for you. But I want to encourage you right now that if you're going to talk about love and dating and relationships, and you're going to even think about being in one of those relationships, you need to start thinking about marriage right now. Because that's, that's what scripture talks about when we look at this idea of love and dating. If you go to back to the book of Genesis, you see how God started this whole thing. He started it with a relationship between one man and one woman. He gave us the blueprint for relationships right there. In fact, in Genesis chapter 2, if you want to turn there, you can. It's Genesis chapter 2, starting in verse 18. As we pick up here, God has created everything. He's created the birds, the earth, the, the plants, everything that we see. And as we get into this part of Genesis chapter 2, God has created Adam, he's created man, but then there's a problem there. Now there's not a problem with what God has created, but there's a problem with the fact that that creation's not complete yet. And in Genesis chapter 2 verse 18, it says then the Lord said, the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. Now let me stop right there. Guys, if you're honest with yourself right there, you know that's true. That's why God gives you a mother when you're little, and that's why, Lord willing, God gives you a wife in your future, because left to ourselves, we're pretty stupid some days. I'm pretty willing, I'm I'm willing to bet, I haven't checked this, but I'm willing to bet it's not a female that came up with games like paintball and airsoft to shoot each other with paint and plastic, okay? I'm willing to bet that's the case. We do some dumb things. I, I've got a buddy of mine growing up. We used to play a game involving our feet and knives. I'm not going to describe it to you because it's stupid and you could lose a toe. But we do dumb things. And hey, ladies, you need to know this. When guys get together, that stupidity goes exponential. It's not like just one, two, three, four. It's like... All right? All the guys are in here are like, that's not me. Hey, guys, don't answer this, but think in the back of your head. Have you ever been around your buddies and not, if it wasn't you, at least one of them done something really stupid while the rest of you said, yeah, you can do it. Yeah, it's true. Then the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone, okay? He said, I will make a helper fit for him. Now out of the ground, the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And flesh of my flesh, she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. We see right there, as you walk through the creation account, every time God creates part of what we see in creation, God says, it is good, it is good, it is good. It's not until God makes woman out of Eve, God looks at his creation and says, it is very good. It wasn't until that happened that everything was complete the way that it was supposed to be. Adam could have stayed by himself, but there's a major problem there. Adam would have been the last person in humanity ever. We needed God to create Eve after he created Adam because he designed them to be in a relationship. God knew that Adam, that first man, was going to need a helper, a companion, a friend, a wife. So he made Eve. Now understand this. Guys, I'm going to speak to you for a second. Notice what God didn't do here. God didn't create 6 to 12 different women and say, Adam, get to know all of them and decide which one you like the best. Or if you don't like that one, go to that one or go to that one or go to that one. He created one. Because that's God's design for relationships. His design for a relationship is for you as a guy and you as a girl to be committed to one person for the rest of your life. Now I know as we move forward in life, sometimes that doesn't work out. There's different situations, there's problems in marriages, and sometimes reconciliation just can't happen. And and that, that, unfortunately, is just a result of sin in our lives and in the world. But we always go back to what God's perfect plan was. And God's perfect plan, perfect design, was for Adam and Eve, one man, one woman, to be in a relationship with each other, committed to each other for the rest of their lives. And that's the same plan he has for us. We may mess that up along the way, but that doesn't mean God can't still bring that back to what he designed it for because deep down he created us all to want a relationship. And in our attempt to carry out God's plan for love, we've come up with this idea of dating. That's a big topic. Because when you talk about dating, there's so many different ways you can go with it. The problem we have when we use that word dating, at least the way that we've defined it in our culture and in our time, is the fact that that idea of dating is nowhere in Scripture. Nowhere in Scripture. You you can search the pages and you can look and look and look. Old Testament, New Testament, all of these different chapters, all of these different people you've heard about. If you've been in church for a long time, there is nothing in here that speaks specifically to this is how you date someone. And and the issue is is that when it comes to dating the way that we do it nowadays, it works out really well for some people and it has disastrous results for other people. Because we take it out of the boundaries, out of the guidelines of what God has given us when we look at scripture. So if dating's not in the Bible and we're going to try to find that special someone, that love of our life, that relationship, how do we go about doing that? How do you know how God wants you to act in a relationship with someone of the opposite sex? So what we have to do is, if we say that we're disciples, we're believers in Jesus, we have to say that we put all of our trust in what God's word says. This is where we have to go. This is our blueprint for life right here. So if we're going to talk about dating, then what we have to do is we have to go and see, does scripture talk about relationships? Does it talk about the people that we invest our lives with for the rest of our lives? And as you walk around scripture, you actually start to see some guidelines, some principles that apply to the idea of dating and love and relationships. So tonight's going to look a little bit different. Normally we take a book of the Bible and we walk through it chunk by chunk, piece by piece. But since there's nothing on dating like that in here, we're pulling some principles from some different verses throughout the Bible tonight. Three of the five, they're going to be in the book of Proverbs because there's a lot of wisdom in Proverbs. But as we walk through this, I want you to see where these principles come from. And I'm going to say this. Some of you guys, I've probably already made you mad tonight the way I've talked to you and about you. But I can say that because I'm one of you. I've done some of those stupid things. I get it. I'm probably going to say one or two things tonight that you may or may not agree with. And that's okay. We can agree to disagree. But what I will challenge you to do is in everything you're thinking through and processing that we're talking about tonight, don't just disagree. Check it here first. And if I'm wrong, let me know. But if I'm not, go here. So let's start with principle number one. Guideline number one. Expectations. Talk to your parents about their dating expectations and boundaries for your life. And I know that is the last place that any of you want to go when it comes to this topic. Is your parents. Like, I I, I don't want my parents knowing about who I'm dating. I don't want them to know anything about my love life. But, listen to this verse, Proverbs 1.8. It says, hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching. That's wisdom that we find in the book of Proverbs, because the reason God gives us parents is to help guide us through life. As, as you're at home, as you're a little kid, and your parents are watching over you and providing for you and taking care of you, as you step into middle school and then into high school and on to college, your parents' role in your life changes but I can tell you right now, your parents have hopes and desires and expectations for your relationships in the future, if not right now. And it's wise to talk to them about what their boundaries are, what their expectations are for your relationships. Because here's what we tend to do. Let me, let me just ask you this, and y'all shout it out. Who do you typically talk to first when it comes to dating advice? Your friends. Exactly. You know why that's the problem? You want want to know why that's the problem? Your friends don't know any more than you do. And if they think they do, listen to me, hey, if they think they do, that's because they've been dating somebody 24 hours longer than you have. They don't know any more than you do. Okay? I can say that with confidence because I remember thinking I knew things about relationships. I'm 45 years old. I've been married for, we're going on 24 years this summer. 24 years? Yeah, this past Saturday, this past Saturday I asked her to be my girlfriend 29 years ago. Oh yeah, see? And
1: she's still
0: here! Hey, hey, we'll get to that later. We'll get to that later. But I, way back then, hey, way back then, I thought I could help my friends through relationships, but I didn't know anything. I've gotten a little more wisdom since then, just a little bit. But when you go to your friends to get advice, they're at the same stage you're at. Maybe they've had a girlfriend longer than you have or a boyfriend longer than you have, and they can speak to about 24 hours worth of experience. Your friends, they're not going to be the best source for your life. What you've got to do, and Lord willing, this, this is my prayer for you, is that your parents, they're following God too. Because if they are, then the expectations and the boundaries they're going to help set for you are going to be based on God's word because they know God has a plan for your life and for your future. And they want you to succeed in a relationship so that you're not one of those folks that's jumping from, from dating to dating to dating from one person to one person to one person and, and we all know those people. But scripture hasn't designed it that way. And that's why we see this. You should talk to your parents. And 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 I, I know this too. Some of those conversations with your parents can lead to some really awkward conversations, some things maybe you don't want to hear about in their relationship or when they started dating. But it could also lead to some pretty entertaining stories about their dating relationship. I'll give you a good example. I've got a story from when Miss Kathleen and I were dating in high school. You don't even know I'm going to tell this. I'm making her so nervous right now. And there was a time, just so you, right now, like roller coasters, heights, jumping off of things, tied into things, I'm, I'll, I'll do all of that. In high school, I was scared to death of roller coasters, Ferris wheels, all these other things. And there was a time, we went to the fair, Miss Kathleen convinced me to get on a Ferris wheel. And if you don't know what that is, that's that really big wheel that takes you high up and you can see like the entire city. And I thought, okay, it's just me and her. Of course, there's people in all the other little buckets that you sit in. And I'm thinking, I'm going to be smooth. I'm sitting there next to her. I'm talking to her, and I'm thinking, I'm going to put my arm around her. Okay. We're up high. You can see all the city lights. So I'm sitting there, and I go to put my arm around her. And guys, I want to caution you here. You need to know how tall your date is before you try to put your arm around her. Because if you don't, you're going to do what I did and you're going to go lift that arm and you're going to clock her right in the forehead with your elbow and look like a moron. You might get some of those stories if you talk to your parents. And hey, listen to me. There's wisdom in those stories to keep you from making those same mistakes. You need to talk to your parents. Hey, you need to talk to your parents about their expectations. Where are you allowed to go and not go on a date? What kind of guy or girl are they going to allow you or not allow you to date? You need to ask some of those questions. And you may be sitting here thinking, my parents don't care who I date. I bet you they do. They just don't know you're dating. You need to talk to your parents about their expectations. Because if your parents are also following Christ, they want the best thing for your future relationship. And they can give you advice. And they can help you understand where they've made mistakes or where they've seen other people make mistakes and help you avoid some of those mistakes. So that's guideline number one. Guideline number two is this. Only date those who understand and respect your boundaries. I just found this. Who left the it up here? I hadn't had one of those in a long time. No, I won't do that. I won't do that, Chad. Um, Only date those who understand and respect your boundaries. This this applies to so many different areas of your life, but especially when it comes to guarding your heart and your life in romantic relationships. This principle is found out of Proverbs 13, verse 20. Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but but the companion of fools will suffer harm. If you are going to date someone, you need to look for somebody that respects your boundaries, and if you're going to find someone that respects your boundaries, that means you need to know what your boundaries are before you ever get into a dating relationship. You need to ask yourself those hard questions. You need to determine, number one, what you're looking for in a relationship, and and if you start to answer that question, and every answer revolves around how that relationship makes you feel and what that relationship does for you, guess what? You're not ready to be in a relationship. Because scripture tells us when we look at that, that marriage relationship, it's about the other person. It's about sacrificing and serving them. So if you're dating, your mindset has to be, I'm going to marriage one day, and if I'm not willing to serve this person like that in the future, I don't need to get involved with them now. You need to determine that. You need to decide what kind of guy or girl you're looking for. What are your standards? What are the qualities that you want them to have? And what are the things that are deal breakers for you? What are the non-negotiables? Like if, if, if this guy is not giving his life to Christ, done. We're not going to talk anymore. And, and let me say this, guys and, and girls, I've seen more girls do this than guys, don't do missionary dating. And if you don't know what that means, don't start dating a guy that doesn't have a relationship with Christ thinking, I'll get him to change. I'll get him to give his life to Christ, and then that whole relationship will be okay. I've seen more people fall away from their relationship with Christ than bring their significant other to a relationship with Christ. Don't fall into that trap. Know what your boundaries are. Know what you are willing to do, what you are not willing to do. If the end goal, if the design for attraction is marriage and family, you need to think about that now. The kind of guy that you want to marry, ladies. Look for that guy now. The kind of lady that you want to be your wife and the mother of your kids and the partner for the rest of your life, guys. You need to start looking for that now. That's what we see in Scripture. Decide what you're willing to do, where you're willing to go, what you're not willing to do. You need to decide if you're willing to remain sexually pure for your future spouse. And and let me say this. If you're in here tonight and you haven't, you can from this point on. You can make that choice. But you have to decide what those boundaries are. And if you decide to date somebody, please make sure it's somebody that actually respects you. Please, please, please make sure it's somebody that respects you. And and I'll say this. Ladies, you tend to fall into this a little bit more than guys do. Because what I've seen over and over and over is I heard it said like this recently, guys use the emotional to get to the physical in a dating relationship. And girls will tend to use the physical to get the emotional needs they have out of a dating relationship. And in both of those approaches, you're looking out for yourself. That's not what it's supposed to be. Find somebody that loves you and respects you, respects who you are, Respects your boundaries. Guys don't go out with a girl because she looks good and she makes you feel good. Girls don't go out with a guy just because he looks good and he makes you feel good because at that point in time, both of you are looking at a relationship and what's in it for me. And that's not the way relationships are designed. Every one of us knows that guy or that girl that has one boyfriend this week or girlfriend this week, and two weeks later they're dating somebody else, and three weeks later they're dating somebody else. That's not what scripture tells us we're supposed to look for. You want to look for somebody that respects you, somebody that we're, want to respects your boundaries because people will use you in the name of love. Let that sink in. People will use you in the name of love. They will date you until they get what they want or they stop getting what they want and then they will leave. you. And I say that for guys and girls. Don't let that happen. Find someone that respects you and respects your boundaries. Guideline number three, (laughs) avoid alone time and secrecy. That's pretty simple. Don't spend a whole lot of time by yourself and your significant other. It's just wise. That comes from this verse. In Ephesians chapter 5, there's a whole passage there, verses 3 through 16, that you should read. But chapter chapter 5, verse 11 says, Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. I know when you are dating someone, all you want to do is just spend time alone with them. And you want to gaze into their eyes. And you want to think about how special they make you feel. And how giddy you are when you're around them and you get that weird little feeling in your stomach and your palms start to sweat and you're like, ah, I love you. But when you start having those feelings and all of a sudden you're alone with somebody, that's the quickest way to take that respect and those boundaries that we just talked about in guideline number one and throw them out the window. You've got to be careful where you go and how much time you spend alone because what this does is it not only protects you, but let's go back to that respect thing. It protects the person you're dating. Because it's quite possible at this point in your life, your boyfriend or your girlfriend is not going to be your spouse for the rest of your life. And I say that not to cast doubt on anybody's relationship, but statistics tell us that. Miss Kathleen and I, we, we had quite a few friends when we were in high school that dated the same time that we did, and there were probably, what, six different couples, maybe seven that dated, and, and some of them got married, and I think we know of one other couple right now that is still married to this day. Because statistically, you don't continue with your high school sweetheart for the rest of your life. She just puts up with a lot of junk. That's the only reason that's still working. You need to think about that because when we talk about this alone time and this secrecy, you need to come up with some of those boundaries. Don't set yourself up to be the only people around. Spend time getting to know that person that you're dating by going out to places where other people will be so that it holds you accountable to each other and to everybody else. Have fun together. Get to know each other, but do it without putting the pressure on yourselves that can come with being alone together all the time. That's just a recipe for disaster and regret and mistakes. Guideline number four, seek accountability. That's pretty simple. It comes from Proverbs chapter 11, verse 14, where there is no guidance, a people falls, but in the abundance of counselors, there is safety. Grant somebody in your life, not one of your friends who doesn't know any more about relationships than you do, Grant somebody in your life the freedom to speak truth into your life when it comes to love and relationships. To ask you hard questions. I recommend it be somebody older than you. You probably don't want it to be your parents. But I recommend you find somebody that's been married for a while. Somebody that you can look at and see a biblical, godly example of marriage and know that no marriage is perfect. I don't care how it looks from the outside but find somebody that can speak into your relationship and give them the freedom to hold you accountable and ask you some hard questions about how you're treating your significant other, about how you're doing with that whole avoiding alone time and secrecy stuff. Find somebody that will pray with you and for you about the relationship that you have. Somebody that will call you out when you're doing stupid things. We don't like that, but you need somebody like that In your life. Somebody that will encourage you when you're on the right track. And somebody somebody that will help you stick to this last guideline, and it's number five. Think long term. This, This is one of the most important ones and one of the biggest shortfalls of dating the way that we do it nowadays. Most people enter a dating relationship based on right now. How does this person look right now? How does this person make me feel right now? How do I make them feel right now? We think this right here immediate, and we forget that this is supposed to go the distance for long term. That God has designed our relationships to be something that's a commitment for the rest of our lives. God didn't didn't design design the male-female relationship based on right now. He lined out something that's supposed to go a lifetime. Genesis chapter 2, verse 24 and 25, Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. Proverbs 31, 10 and 11, An excellent wife who can find she is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. God's plans for relationship is marriage. And, and that, that attraction, that, that butterfly, that giddy little feeling you have right now for your significant other, over time, that may begin to change. You guys have heard me say this before. I had a, I had a wise um, guy helping us one time. and I say wise, I mean, he, he had wisdom. And, and he always made this statement. He said, you don't fall in love, you fall in a ditch. You choose who you love. And when we start talking about dating and relationships, there's going to be days in those dating relationships that are going to be hard. And if you're really thinking long term, there's going to be days in your marriage that are going to be even harder. And there's going to be days that you love the person, but you don't like them a whole lot. And that's just the truth. That's how marriage works. That's how relationships work. You make a choice to commit your life to this person, to pursue this person, that attraction that you feel, those good feelings, there's going to be days where you may not feel those things. And you see this now because that couple that was the perfect couple at school last week, now they're both dating somebody else this week because those feelings change. You've got to think long term. If you're not committed to being with that person and possibly for the rest of your life, if you can't see yourself marrying them now, don't date them now. It's, it's that simple. You've got to think long term. Because if, if you can apply, I would say, all of these guidelines, but at least a couple of these guidelines, you're going to have relationships that honor God. And you're going to find yourself that you're not going to have five, six, seven, eight, however many relationships before you find that person, the one that you know that you want to be with for the rest of your life that you turn away every other guy for, ladies. Guys that you can't think about another girl because you can't get her out of your mind. If we're looking for that person, then we've got to guard ourselves. And think about it this way too. The guidelines that you set in place now to protect yourself and protect that person you are dating, what you may be doing right now is you're protecting somebody else's future spouse. My youth pastor used to explain it this way. He said, if you're in a dating relationship, the places you go, the things that you do, the things that you, that you are a part of in that dating relationship, you need to think about this. If I don't marry this person, and he would say this to the guys, if I don't marry this girl, is there somebody out there that's acting the same way I am with my future wife? And, and, and if that thought bothers you, then some changes need to happen. Dating, love, relationship." We all want those. God has a plan for those. God has a design for those the way he wants those things to be to honor him. And we have the opportunity to have those relationships in a way that honors God and honors the person we may be dating now, and if it's not that person, that honors our future spouse. The whole point of all of this is that God does have a plan for your love life. And and as you go out this week, and if you've got a significant other and you're buying, whether it's flowers or chocolate or a teddy bear or whatever it is that you decide to use to celebrate Valentine's Day, you need to understand that plan that God has for your love life is number one, to grow more in love with Him as He prepares you to grow more in love with your future spouse. And that may or may not be the person you're dating right now. So, over the last week, I asked you guys if you wanted to, you could anonymously text in some questions. And, and we, I haven't checked again to see if there's more. But as of the time that we started tonight, I had four of those. Okay, we actually just got a fifth one right there at like 628 that came in. So I've asked Miss Kathleen to come up here and help me answer some of these questions. So y'all give it up for Miss Kathleen. There you go. What's that? I'm not going to elbow you. I'm gonna sit far enough over here and elbow you in the face. Would you like to hold this microphone or just swing it over there? <laughs> What's that? Like a coffee shop I, I I should have put the table right here in the a little middle. Story for you. so now let me let me preface it with this, okay? before we answer any of these questions, um, we we by no means think we have it all figured out. Um, you guys heard me say we you know. 29 years ago as of last Saturday and I've done a lot of text messaging even I have a note I did I I gave her a note (laughs) said will you be my girlfriend Um, it's cheesy but it worked but hey we're not saying we have it all figured out we're not saying we've we've done everything we should do as far as and I'm not saying anything bad either but just we make mistakes everybody does but we hope that we can share a little bit in some of these questions about how we've seen God work through some things that we've seen and people that we've known. So question number one. You ready? I'm going to let you answer first. The question is, how do you get a lady's attention? <laughs> so I'm going to let the lady answer that question. This should be good.
1: All <laughs> well. right, Ms. Kathleen depends a lot on what kind of attention you're seeking, because contrary to popular belief, not all attention is good attention. Just because she's paying attention to you doesn't mean she's necessarily thinking kind things about you. (laughs) So there's that, (laughs) you know, not all attention necessarily means you're being held in high esteem. But I would say I mean, y'all know, I mean, I met Jesse when I was in ninth grade and he was in 10th grade. I remember vividly the moment that I met him. And I can tell you what he did to get my attention. You ready for this? You know what he did? Absolutely nothing. (laughs) Nothing. Didn't acknowledge me, didn't talk to me, um, nothing. But what did get my attention was that that was different. Than a lot of other guys. And for me, because I had already thought a lot about what I was looking for, that did get my attention. He he was he wasn't showing off or showing out or trying to get all the girls' attention. And to me, that was appealing. So it it goes back to like what he was talking about. You need to know what you're looking for to start with, and you need to be the person that's gonna attract the kind of person that you want to be with. You can't act one way and expect to attract somebody completely different than what you're willing to be. So think long and hard about your standards and what you're going to be looking for in someone someone one day and work to be that and that will attract someone who's like-minded and has a similar character. So I heard rumors about him that like he didn't mess around with girls didn't get in trouble and he went to church and you know some people even said that like in a negative way and I was like I remember a conversation I had with a girl saying oh so and so didn't want to date him because he wouldn't mess around or whatever and I was like oh point for Jesse so
0: (laughs) (laughs) well and that I would I would echo that um I think that's maybe that was innocence being naive on my part um I I saw, I saw, I went, I mean, I was in high school, I was on sports teams, I saw the guys that were strutting around, getting the girls, and for me, um, I also saw how a lot of that was going, and it wasn't good, so I, I, I echo what you said there about, you know, what you need to focus on first and foremost, guys, what man has God called you to be? Let God work on you. Let God make you into that man and as you do that, as you focus on him, you'll get somebody's attention. You don't have to go out of your way. You don't have to strut. You don't have to be the peacock walking around and chest puffed out and all those things. You can do that, but guess what? Hey, you're going to get the kind of lady that's attracted to that and if she's attracted to that in you, she's probably going to be attracted to it in somebody else. It's plain and simple. So, that's how you answer that question.
1: The only other thing I would add to that is just contrary to popular opinion of what society is saying, guys, be kind. Chivalry doesn't have to die. <laughs> you can bring it back. <laughs> um, and girls, don't be offended because a guy is kind. I mean, he still opens the door for me 29 years later, and that's that's. If that makes you feel threatened, I don't, I don't. Understand that, but maybe that's a conversation. I, I kind of like it. I mean, what girl doesn't dream of being treated like a princess? Why are we going to balk at that? If someone wants to show you kindness, I mean, and guys, just be respectful, be kind, um, because I I believe a girl that's seeking God's will in her life is going to be drawn to that.
0: So, all right, next question: How will I know when it is the right time for marriage in life? After high school. <laughs> After high school. That's <laughs> probably why we got to keep these answers short. Yeah, we got a couple more that have come in here.
1: Can we back that question up to how do you know when it's the right time to start dating? Mm-hmm. Um, I would start with that because it answers the second question. The way, the way we knew and the way we have seen people who knew whose marriages have lasted, um, again, it's going to sound like the same answer for everything, but if you're pursuing God's will for your life, and you're focused on that and you are following those next open doors and you're on track trying to find God's will for your life, and someone else is doing the same thing, and God has planned for those wills to overlap, it's going to happen and it's gonna be evident. If it ever feels like it's a it's a pulling of you're trying to follow God, but this person or this relationship is pulling you in a different direction. Um, It's pulling you away from growing in Christ, or it's pulling you away from even something really concrete that you feel like God's calling you to do. Maybe it's a school or a job, or if you you feel this division in your heart between this person and what God is saying to you, that's a red flag. Um, So the only way you can know that when it's time to know if it's time to marry this person, if you know that God's will for both of your lives is converging in the same place, the only way you're ever gonna know that is if you're already on track for God's will in your life. So to know that you're ready to date would be that you have at least some idea of what God's doing in your life. If You know that you know when God, not that you have it all figured out, like what you're going to do for the rest of your life, because we're still figuring that out when we're like 40 something. Um, it doesn't have to be quite that detailed, but but you know who God's created you to be. You know, Kind of the general path that, and plan that he has for your life if you don't know that at all you can't have any idea whose path you're going to converge with if you don't even know who you are yet so let that be your first priority and then watch for how that aligns with somebody else's life and i can tell you that i mean we fight there's days like i mean you know we joke about it i tell the girls in my small group all the time like we don't even like each other without jesus like him without jesus i'm not interested at all and vice true. versa but God at work in his life and God at work in my life has been on track every step of the way. There's never been a moment in three decades where I've felt God leading me one way and Jesse leading me another. Like even in high school, that never never felt a division there. It always felt in the same direction. So I would say. Look
0: for that. I'm, I'm going to go with the, the logistical answer here, practical answer, um, since she Talk through the God <laughs> part of it because that that is the most important thing. But a guys, we got like I did. I did. A guys, let me let you. me speak to you for a second. Um, if you are not ready, if you are not taking care of yourself yet, you are not ready to commit to a marriage relationship. If if you are not paying for your own vehicle and your own gas and your own insur- insurance and your place to live, if you cannot provide for and take care of yourself you have absolutely no right to tell someone else, I'll take care of you as well. So practically, you're not ready for marriage if you're not taking care of yourself. And that, that, that's a hard thing because I know we're in a day and age where people are living at home longer and parents are taking care of things longer, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, but at the same time, sometimes it stops us from growing up and being the the men and even the women that we're supposed to be. So, guys, I would just say practically, if you can't take care of yourself financially, physically, you are not ready to take care of somebody else and assume that responsibility. So don't get married yet. Don't commit to it. All right, next question. Uh, What should I do if I cheated on my boyfriend? Whoa, there's a good one. Okay. Um, You want to attack that one first? Wow.
1: (laughs) (laughs) how you are all young I would say that might be a big red flag that maybe you've rushed into dating too soon. Um, Honesty and trust we live in a society that kind of demands respect like everybody kind of lives like we all just inherently deserve respect and on some degree that's true but trust is something completely different trust nobody nobody owes you their trust that has to be earned Um, trust is something that is very very hard to get and very very easy to lose and if you're not in a place in your life where you are ready to handle that um, to handle somebody else's trust to handle somebody else's heart just don't date I mean if you're already finding that it's hard for you to To put another person above yourself, because if you're cheating on people, that's that's really what it is. One, you're you're following your emotions and your heart. And girls, we've talked about this. What is your heart? Only one person. (laughs) What is it? Desperately wicked. wicked. If you don't know that it's in the Bible, look it up. We'll talk about it later if you want the reference, because y'all know I don't do numbers. I can't remember it. But your heart is wicked. It's going to lie to you. I mean, Scripture says it's deceitful above all else. So if that's what you're still following, you're not ready. To be responsible for somebody else's well being, so you shouldn't be dating um, because all you're going to do is hurt people, and that's not what's the good in that. That's not anybody who says they're following Christ shouldn't be going around hurting people, whether it's friendships or dating relationships or anything. So, if that's something that you're struggling with and you feel like nobody's saying like you need to be dating in a steady, committed relationship right now, like please don't hear that. That's not what we're saying. We're saying if you're dating, These are things you need to think about. If you're not ready to think about this heavy a thing, that's great. Just don't date right now. Just be you and have friends and be free, and that's great. Um, So I would say if you're already having trouble with your track record, maybe it's time to cool your jets a little bit and grow up a little bit and wait and try again later in life.
0: I'm going to say in addition to that, um, be a person of honesty and integrity. Tell your boyfriend, because if you've cheated on him, guess what? He's not your boyfriend anymore. You've given yourself to somebody else, whether it's just your heart or your mind or your attention or whatever it is, you've chosen not to be in that original relationship. So be honest. Now, does does that mean forgiveness and reconciliation can't happen? No, it, it could. And and he might be willing to work through that with you. But you got some hard decisions and hard conversations to have there. So All right, next one. Um, it just says godly boundaries. I feel like we kinda of talked about that tonight, so we, we won't camp out on that one. Um, the next one, do opposites attract? Yes. I think <laughs> they do. <laughs> you, wanna, you, wanna, do
1: you, you wanna speak to that one? <laughs> That goes back again to the non-negotiables, I think. Um, he kind of touched on the idea of non-negotiables. If you haven't like sat down and really thought about your non-negotiables, please tell me you're not dating somebody already because how in the world can you even know if you're headed in the right direction if you don't even know where you're going? So non-negotiables would be things like, I would hope if you say you're a follower, follower of Christ and you're trying to find God's will for your life, don't date somebody who's not because there's no possible way you can be following Jesus and their path is going to converge with that if they're going over here. So non-negotiables like that, things like that, should not be opposites. The core of who you are, what you believe, your vowel, your vowels, vowels. definitely, really? your vowels, share your um, vowels, language barriers are <laughs> <Google>. um, <laughs> your values um, should be the same. But personality, um, interests, don't lock yourself into only being attracted to somebody just like you, because I can tell you. And y'all can go home and ask your parents this. This would be a fun social experiment. Think about even your best friends, your siblings, but maybe ask your parents. The things that grate on us the most, that cause the most conflict between us, are not the areas where we're so different as much as the areas where we're the same. You might know that we might both be a little bit stubborn and opinionated and maybe, you know, set in our ways. You shut
0: your <laughs> filthy mouth. <laughs> You go home and ask your parents.
1: Um, so, the the differences are what grow you. I mean, By the way,
0: for the recording, I was pointing at my son, not okay. talking to Miss Kathleen. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: but I mean, don't don't necessarily think that somebody has to be just like you, because there may be somebody whose temperament, whose personality, whose interests in life are actually very different than yours, and that may be how God plans to grow you and stretch you. If y'all had known him when I met him, you would never in a thousand million years, imagine him standing up here talking in front of you because there is no way on this planet anyone could have forced him to do it. He would have looked you in the eye and said, no. He did that on multiple
0: and occasions. And I did, yeah. Multiple
1: occasions. <laughs> um, he had no interest in dealing with people at all, really. Um,
0: people are hard. So. Man. Yeah. But
1: and, and then overlapped his life with a people person.
0: Exactly. So, and, and that's, that's the cool yeah. thing. I mean, you, even just small things like she can stay up very late and, like, gets energized and does projects late at night. Come, like, 10 o'clock, I'm done. I'm ready. Guys, when I go to camp with you and I'm up till like, 1 o'clock in the morning, you don't know how bad I'm struggling. <laughs> now, you ask me to get up at three thirty, four 4 o'clock in the morning to start the day, I'm up and I'm ready to go. Practical things like that, you're going to find somebody. I mean, God's probably going to put somebody in your life where you've got some major differences there, but God can use those things like she said, it's where, the things, where things are similar and those, those personality, I won't call them flaws, but the, the places where we tend to be a little bit more stubborn or we tend to be a little bit more me-centered in some of those areas, when you share some of those traits, that's when that friction starts to happen. And if you're not pursuing God together, and there's times we haven't done that and it's not been pretty, but when you are, God can work through those things and God can grow both of you. Those things. Um, the last question we have, and we're out of time here, um, says: How did you and Miss Kathleen meet? <laughs> you, want, you want me to tell it's my kinda, version? Yeah. You have a version? No, you go ahead. No, no, you no, go no. ahead. It's version? the same version, I think. Pretty sure. Oh, well, you were there. Yeah, I was, I was there. <laughs> we were. We were. Um, she was a freshman. I was a sophomore in high school and it was in drama class, of all places. Now, let me, let me back up and explain that. You had to take certain electives in school, and I wanted to do pretty well in most of my academic classes, so I was looking for a class where I did not think it would be hard to get an A in the class. So I took drama because I thought, I can sit in the back of the room and keep my mouth shut and build a set or do whatever. Um, little did I know That the most drama that would ever come out of my life (laughs) came from that drama class. Um, Met Miss Kathleen. Somehow we got paired up on a, uh, we had to, like, memorize this dialogue. And I had, this is how bad it was. I had to leave early because I had braces at the time. Picture that. And in order for me to do our assignment, I had to get her phone number. Slick. Slick. Because I I didn't have to get her phone number, but...
1: Because actually, the assignment had already been explained, and we were all just sitting around doing our homework when he left, but he was like, oh, what if she says something else about the assignment? Let me get your number. So when he called me, it was really awkward, because there's nothing to discuss about the assignment, because it
0: was already... <laughs> guys, <done>. plan ahead. <laughs> I did not plan ahead in that situation. I got her number. I had the ability to call her, but I had nothing planned to talk about on the phone. Plan ahead.
1: Um, and then for the next year, basically, we went to each other's church stuff. I mean, that's that's the, the last thing I would kind of say, just to wrap up, the, the question about boundaries and all that is just, if you're not friends first, it's not gonna last. Because, and in, again, any, anybody who's been married for a long time will tell you marriage is a friendship. I mean, that's your best friend for life. That's the person that you're gonna go through life's greatest joys and life's biggest heartaches and, and biggest struggles. And um, you never know what life is gonna throw at you and the person you're gonna navigate it with is gonna be your rock for everything. And if it doesn't start that way, the days that everything else kind of fizzles out when you're exhausted and overwhelmed, if there's not something real to fall back on, um, then it's not going to last. So take your time to be friends and really know the person before you get your heart and emotions too tangled in it. Um, that's just a good way to start out. So as long as you can prolong the romantic, physical side of things and just build a good, solid friendship, that's what's going to see you through life. And, and make sure that you are moving in the same spiritual direction as
0: and, and the days when things aren't lovey-dovey or feel like you're on the same page, those are the days you remember this is the person I choose to love. This is the person I've committed my life to. And even when it's hard, we're going to work through this because God's got a plan. And God will show you better days than those days you may be having. I can promise you that. Um, thank you guys for being here tonight. Thank you for allowing us to speak a little bit. And uh, let me pray for us before we're done. God, we thank you. We thank you for the opportunity you've given us to be here. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that we can search your word and find things that are supposed to guide our life, God, and and I thank you for that in regards to love and relationships. And God, I just pray that for every one of us in here, God, whether each individual is married, not married in a relationship, not in a relationship, God, help us to look to you first. Help us to work on being the men and women you've created and called us to be. So that as we pursue you, God, you will draw us to that person that you want us to be with. That person that's going to, uh, to, to pull us towards you, God. That's going to encourage us in our relationship with you. God, I pray for every single person in this room. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Y'all have a good night, ladies and gentlemen.